Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Don't let Him out. Let me at least show you in the Bible today and over the next two weeks why we do this and, and, and what it means. And next week we're going to talk about what the Holy Spirit does in you and does through you when, when this occurs. And, and let me just share with you, many of you all have heard this, but um, I didn't grow up in church. Okay, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was a freshman in college, and I was in um, a junior college in Georgia playing basketball, and it was in the middle of nowhere, so I got saved, and my first two years of giving my life to Jesus, I didn't learn anything. I didn't know anything. There was no church to grow me up. I didn't have any concept of what I should be doing or what I shouldn't be doing. I got a basketball scholarship to Oral Roberts University, and the first week of class, we have to go to chapel, and, and it's church, right? And I'm there, and, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the guy who has a microphone starts praying in tongues and all these people around me start praying in tongues and, and I freaked out. I mean freaked out. Can I say that in church? If I just did, so there you go. I was like, I don't know what's happening. This is, I'm looking around like, what is going on? And everybody's just, like, what? What are they? That's not Spanish. I'm pretty sure that's not French. Like, what is going on? I was, y'all have heard the story. Immediately, I'll leave that. I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, these people in Oklahoma are crazy. They just start speaking this gibberish. It doesn't doesn't even make sense. And it's like, it's nuts. And my dad was like, hey, listen, listen, you, you, you you don't have to stay there, but you're not coming home. So y'all heard the story. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, they're crazy, but it's not that bad. Like, I don't think it'll rub off on me. I don't think any of that. And, and, and I stayed at Oral Roberts University and for two years um, getting this teaching and understanding of who the Holy Spirit was and, and who the Sp- Holy Spirit is. It just, it opened my eyes. But I didn't give my life to Jesus and then come right into speaking in tongues and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, at Oral Roberts University, those two years when I was my junior and senior year with people praying in tongues all around me, I still didn't pray in tongues. I, I graduated Oral Roberts University, went to graduate school, stayed another two years, still didn't speak in tongues. Four years I was at the university where every week you're going to chapel. Everybody around you prays in tongues. I'm going to churches. All the churches in Tulsa believe in praying in tongues. If you've never been there, if you go to church in Tulsa, they're going to believe in praying in tongues. It, it's just how it was. But I, four years, I never did. I went to this church, um, one of our churches in Atlanta when I moved back home to Atlanta. And I was at that church for a little while, and I still didn't pray in tongues. And every Sunday the pastor would give an altar call and at the end of the altar call he'd say if you don't if you don't pray in tongues you know you need to pray in tongues and he said it much better than this but he'd he'd say hey ask your neighbor if they if they have the holy spirit and if they don't then you know basically force them to come up here and make us the whole thing they don't it wasn't that bad it just felt like that because i didn't have it right and so my neighbor would look to me and like hey do you have the holy spirit and i would say yes now i wasn't lying because i was saved we're going to talk about this today i was saved i had the holy spirit but I didn't have the filling of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence to speak in other tongues. That's what they were really asking, but I, they didn't ask that, so that's not my fault. That's on them. They didn't ask the right question. And finally, I got to this place where I was growing in things of God and wanting to grow closer to God, but I kept feeling like I'd hit this ceiling. 
I don't know if you've ever felt like that. We're like, I wanted to know God more. I wanted to experience him more. I wanted to pray more. I wanted to understand more. But I just, I couldn't get past this ceiling. And I finally said, God, this whole praying in tongues thing, because if you know me, I don't do things because everybody else does. It doesn't phase me. Peer pressure does not move me one bit. Y'all have seen that at times when everybody will come up here and dance and be like, go pastor, go pastor. I'm like, that's not going to get, that's not, I'm, not, I'm not moved by that. And I'm like, God, if you want me to have this, if this is of you, I don't really know. I mean, I've heard a lot about this. I've, I've, I've seen the scriptures, but God, I just want to grow closer to you. And from that prayer on, I could not get away from this feeling and this sense and this movement to I need to be filled with the Spirit. So the next Sunday at church, and, and the pastor does the same thing, like, hey, if you want to get filled with the Spirit, you know, raise your hand, ask your neighbor. And finally I came forward. Now at this time, everybody in the church knew me. So you know how it is. Whenever you come forward and, and you've been at the church for a long time, like, what is he? Did he just sin? Did he, did he? you know, like, no. Don't worry about me. I'm good. You know, and I go, and we go into a back room. And in this back room, they go through the scriptures. Actually, many of the scriptures I'm going to share with you today, if we have time. This is kind of going long. Um, <laughs> and, and we go in this back room, and they walk me through this, and, and they say, okay, are you ready? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm very analytical. I'm very, like, I got to figure things out. I'm like, I don't, I still, like, I get it, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, don't worry about it. Just open your mouth and speak, and the Holy Spirit will speak through you. And I'm like, really? Like, that sounds weird. <laughs> like, like, what? that's never happened to me before. Like, what are we, what? Really? And so we're going through, and they're praying, and, and, and at the end of this, I just, I just, I'm like, okay, they're not going to let me out of this room. <laughs> I mean, they might have, but it didn't feel like they would. Like, okay, I, I, I need to at least do what they're telling me to do. And I did, and I opened my mouth, and, and it was just very short, but I just, I, I had, I, I, I I don't even know, the words are hard to explain. It was just, it was just, it just came out. And I was, and, and, and I'm analytical, so as soon as it just came out, I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, what? That sounded ridiculous. And everybody around was like, yeah, yeah, you got it. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went home, and that week, I just, I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it, but I would just pray. And when I got done praying in English and not knowing what else to pray, I would just sit there, and I would just open my mouth, and, 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 and it would come out just a little bit. And over time, it would just grow. And then after a while, I could, I could pray in tongues as long as I wanted to or needed to. I wanted to share my story before we share these scriptures, and, and many of you all have heard most of that, but, but I want to share that because if you're in here today and you're not filled with the Spirit, number one, that doesn't mean that you're going to hell, and we don't believe that, and the scripture doesn't tell you that. But number two, I, I want you to know that we will in no way try to pressure you into this. This is a gift that God gives you that you get the opportunity to choose whether or not you will receive. And if you never receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, then you can be an amazing Christian. You can still go to heaven. We still love you. you, you th th like, th that's fine. But over the next several weeks, we're going we're gonna to show you in the word why God gives it to us and why he wants you to have it and how your life really will be better if you receive this. So Luke chapter 24, I don't know if I told you all to go there, but Luke chapter 24, 
I want to, today is going to be a little different than what I would normally do or how I would normally teach or preach. Um, I'm just going to walk you through the scriptures today on the promise of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming. So in Luke chapter 24, I'm going to begin in verse 46. It says, and, and this, is, this is Jesus, and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Now, it's hard for me to, especially now, read through these kind of things and not just give you this little side piece. God is always interested in unity. Always. There is never a time that God is not interested in unity. And when, when Jesus is saying this here, he's, he's, in part what he's talking about is he's talking about our salvation and our road to salvation and repentance of sins. But he's saying that this should be proclaimed to all nations. Start in Jerusalem and then go out to all nations. The Word, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is never intended to simply go to a nation. Let me say it a different way. The word is never intended to simply go to a group of people. God has always in his plans designed for us to be united together with him and with each other from all nations and ethnicities and tribes and all of that. Beginning from Jerusalem and going out. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you. Now, let me say this real quick. He's saying, I'm sending the promise of my Father. Now here, spoiler alert, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. But he's saying, I'm sending it upon you. Now, he's not saying, I'm sending it in you. He's saying, I'm sending it upon you. Now, we don't have time, but throughout the scriptures in the New Testament, we read that when you give your life to Jesus, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is in you if you are a believer. So it's not that you don't have the Holy Spirit. See, in that altar call in Atlanta, when they kept giving it, they were asking the wrong question. And I didn't know a whole lot of theology, but I knew enough to know that. That if you ask me, do I have the Holy Spirit? Yes, because I'm a believer, and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of every single believer. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He doesn't say in the believer. He says upon something different. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, this power that's going to come on you is going to come through receiving the promise of the Father upon you, not in you, but upon you. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. And so being filled with the Spirit, we're going to get to this more next week, being filled with the Spirit gives you power, but the power is not power like we know power. The power is power from on high, the power from heaven, the power of God. It, it's, it's, why, it's, it, it's part of the reason why our whole deal here is that we want to empower you. We want to open your eyes. We want to do what we can to get the power that God has placed in you and upon you, through you and out of you. Here, Jesus is saying, there is this promise from my Father that will come upon you and not be in you, but be upon you, and it will come and bring power from on high. Now, in John chapter 16, let me read to you a few verses, beginning in verse 4, something else Jesus said. He said, but I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. So Jesus is like, hey, I got some stuff that I haven't told you yet, and I haven't told you because I've been with you, and you haven't needed to know. 
know it, but now you're going to need to know it. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So because I've said I'm leaving, you're sad. But you shouldn't be sad. You, you haven't even asked me why or where I'm going. If you would find out why I'm leaving, then you wouldn't be sad. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, your, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, which is, another, which is another term for the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Here Jesus is saying, it is better for me to leave this earth and send the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you and upon you rather than it is for me to continue to walk the earth. Well, how could that be? Well, if Jesus is, is in his humanly form walking the earth, he can be in one place at one time. Because he's bound by our earthly rules and limitations that God the Father has set up here on the earth. But if Jesus will leave and send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can be with all of us at all times. In... in um, in John chapter 12, uh, Jesus said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. See, Jesus had to go into the earth and die to then reproduce more fruit in us and among us through the Holy Spirit coming to be with us and upon us. And this is better The Holy Spirit with us and the Holy Spirit upon us is better than us being there in the moment walking with Jesus as disciples. So we we read scriptures and we're like, man, Peter walked on water? That's amazing. I wish wish God was still doing miracles like that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could, you know, know, whatever, whatever it is. I didn't have a great uh, story planned right there. Whatever that is for you. Like, 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 man, that was amazing. I wish God still did that. Well, we're told that we have something better. In other parts of the Gospels, we're told that not only the works that Jesus did, but greater works should we be doing. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and we have the ability to have the Holy Spirit upon us, which gives us power, not natural power, but supernatural power from on high. But Jesus is telling them it's better, but he also told them in Luke 24 that they needed to go and they needed to wait on the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you come from a background where you've been taught that if you want to be filled with the Spirit, then you need to wait for or tarry for the Holy Spirit. Right? You need to tarry for the Holy Spirit. And you need to wait for the Holy Spirit. Well, go to Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1 for the rest of our time. We're just going to look through Acts chapter 1 and and chapter 2 for today. Acts chapter 1, I want to begin in verse 1. It says, in the first book, O O Theo, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. 
And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, you heard from me. Now, now this is what we just read in Luke 24. Jesus told the, the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So they were to wait. This is where the teaching comes from, that if you want to get filled with the Spirit, you need to wait. You need to tarry. In verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, let me ask you this. If you give your life to Jesus and you're baptized with water, do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Of course you do. Of course you do. But here, we're told, after you have been baptized with water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is something that happens after salvation. Now, now I'm getting ahead of myself, but the only prerequisite for being filled with the Spirit is being saved, and I'm going to add asking for it, being open to it. So if, you, if you're not sure about that, go back and read, begin, start in Acts and go read through it. What happened was people gave their lives to Jesus, then they got baptized. They gave their lives to Jesus, then they got baptized. So they would not baptize you if you hadn't given your life to Jesus. So that had to come first. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, this is really good. We don't have time for this. But they were, everybody was so consumed with restoring the kingdom of Israel and restoring the kingdom on earth that they were missing the kingdom of heaven and what Jesus was saying and what he was doing. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power. This is that word dunamis, that same word that we read in Luke 24. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, again, not in you, but upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Oh, man, I don't have time for this, but this is. Jerusalem was predominantly filled with Jewish people. Judea was um, also like a, a Jewish region, but Samaria was a, a filled with mainly Samaritans, Gentiles, a mixed region. Not only is, is this telling us that we should go into all the world, but this is specifically telling us to go find people who don't look like us and don't think like us and don't live like us. You can start where it's comfortable, but don't stay where it's comfortable. But here, that's not the point. Here, <laughs> you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So again, this is another promise that the Holy Spirit is coming. When the Holy Spirit comes, you will have this power, and it will not be in you, but it will be upon you. Now, when you go on and read the rest of Acts chapter 1, Jesus was lifted up out of their sight, and two men with white robes ask him why they're looking into heaven, and this is Jesus who's taken from you, and, and there'll come a time where he'll come the same way that you just saw him go. So the disciples, they go back to Jerusalem, and they go into what, what if you've been in church, you've probably heard about this upper room, and they are in unity and they have devoted themselves to prayer and they're up there praying. Um, Peter leads the 120 disciples because there were different levels of disciples um, in choosing um, Matthias to replace Judas because if you don't know what happened to Judas, you can Google Judas. Um, just Google Judas Bible because if you just Google Judas, I don't know what will come up. But um, 
<laughs> and so, so Matthias takes over Judas and joining the 12 disciples. And then, and then let's read in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, and when the day of Pentecost has arrived. Now, this is where some church folks get nervous. Oh, Pentecost. And a Pentecostal church. And that's a crazy folks. And that's a um, bunch of stuff that's not real and all that. Well, here's where it comes from. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. It, Several months ago, I read through the entire book of Acts, and I slowed down, and I marked in my Bible all the places where it talks about unity, either unity with the Father or unity with each other, and it is all over the place. Like, you cannot get through a chapter. You can't get through four or five verses without unity being on display in the book of Acts. They are so unified that they were all together in one place. Sometimes we don't see the miracles of God happening in today because we're not unified. Not only are we not in one place, but we're not together. We, we come together in this setting and then we leave. We come together in our faith groups and then we leave, but we're not really unified. You know, oh man, I don't have time for this. Y'all want to stay for the 1030? We just have one long service today. <laughs> Y'all are laughing because you're nervous. I got it. We're not doing that. <laughs> but, 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 but. People talk about this New Testament church, and I talked about this not too long ago. Like, man, is tithing really? Like, do I really need to tithe? Cool. If you, you, you don't think tithing is New Testament, it is. It's not New Testament or Old Testament. It's God. But, but either way, like, if you're cool with that, let's, let's keep reading in Acts and see what they did with their money. They were so unified that they were like, hey, I will give everything I have. Not all my time. Not all my bank account. I will sell my house. And bring it here so that all of us can be together and make sure we all have enough. <laughs> so you watch out before you start fighting about 10%. Cuz you talk about oh I want a New Testament church. There's no tithing. Okay, cool. You drove here? Where'd you stay last night? We're not doing that either, but the, the unity here. Um, and after this unity, in verse 2, it says, and suddenly, you know God specializes in suddenlies? He, he, he specializes in suddenlies. And suddenly there came from heaven, from heaven, okay, from on high, the same place that we have a promise that the Father will send to us power from that same place on high, a sound, there's way too much in this. In God's movement, there's always a sound. And, and that's why even in worship, I am so, my wife has been out of town. My routine is messed up. Y'all got to stay with me. Even, even in God's movement, there is a sound. And that's why we can't get caught up in the sound of the music that we sing. Because the sound that, that God ushered in movements and anointings and miracles a year ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, doesn't mean that it's not still effective. But you can't get bound by that sound. If you go back and study the movements of God over history, there was a sound associated with it as well. There was a sound of music. There was a sound of worship. There was a, a sound that resonated out of that movement 
that helped bring that movement in and, and, and spoke to the spirits of those people. That's why many of you all, if you grew up in church, you really want to sing hymns, not because you really love hymns, but because it takes you back to a time when God was moving in your life. And some of us that didn't grow up in church, I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. Why are we singing that word? Now, I don't say that. I actually tell our team we need to sing hymns. Not all the time, but sometimes. There's a sound. I don't have time to talk to you about a sound. There was a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested not in them, but on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation. If you got people from every nation, they don't look alike. And at the sound, <laughs> the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Gal Galileans? And how is it that we each hear each of us his own native language? So here, we're going to get to this, but here, First of all, we have the fulfillment of that promise that we read in Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1. We have the Holy Spirit coming into this place and not just filling them on the inside, but filling them and being upon them on the outside and resting with them and upon them. And they are, what we, we, there's a lot of terminology for this and some of it gets weird and some of it gets really churchy, but they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is upon them, and now they begin to speak in other tongues. They begin to pray in other tongues. And it says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so let's talk about this. This fulfillment means the Holy Spirit has now arrived. Jesus tells the disciples to go wait for the Holy Spirit, and now we read in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit arrived. So if you are waiting on me to show up at your house, and I show up at your house, and I knock on the door, and you open the door, and you're like, hey, pastor, so good to see you. I've been waiting on you. I'm going to expect you to say, awesome, come on in. But if we just stand at the door, and I'm here, and you're like, pastor, I'm just going to wait on you a little longer. I'm here. Invite me in. I'm hungry. Because I'm sure that's why I'm coming to your house. <laughs> right? Like, like, no, 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 Pastor. Um, you know, I was told that you'd be coming at 5.30 and it's 5.28. We got to wait two more minutes. Because we got to wait for you to get here. But I'm already here. Why are we waiting on me to arrive when I'm already here? Holy Spirit is already here. <laughs> you know, he, he, they had to wait on him to come, and he came. We don't need to wait on him to come again. Because he didn't leave. He's still here. The Holy Spirit comes, he arrives, he fills them, they begin to speak in tongues, but it begins to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
Now, we're going to talk about this in the coming weeks, but when, when you are filled with the Spirit, you begin to speak in other tongues, and you see throughout the new, especially, go look at Acts. When people, and we're going to talk about this, especially in the third week. I can't wait for the third week. It's going to be so amazing. Um, but, but when people uh, got saved, they got baptized. But when they got filled with the Spirit, they spoke, they spoke in tongues. Like, those go together. Say, salvation, baptism. Filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Now, um, when, you, when you look at this and you read through this and the Spirit coming, it is the Spirit giving them utterance. Now, over the next several weeks, we're going to have to define and show some differences in what, what we may read in Scripture as being the same. Let me say that a better way. Um, there are times where we're reading about the Holy Spirit and we're reading about the spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit, specifically speaking in tongues, a tongue and an interpretation of tongues. But there are other times where we're going to read and we're going to have to show you the differences because otherwise it can be really confusing of praying in tongues and, and being filled with the Spirit and praying in other tongues. Now, in both scenarios, it is the Spirit who speaks through you. In the scenario of the, the Holy Spirit um, using the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues with interpretation, it is literally the Spirit speaking and then there an interpretation for us to understand. But when we're praying in the Spirit, it's still the Spirit speaking, but we, we may never have understanding of that. It is a speaking. Now here, the way that the Holy Spirit came in the first time and filled them and they began to speak and pray in other tongues, it was so supernatural that people from other languages heard them speaking in their own language. But that is not the way that the Holy Spirit always does this. As a matter of fact, that's almost never the way that he does this. This is a way that he did it here. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm falling short of saying, like, he just never does it that way because I'll never make my experience my theology. Because if my experience becomes my theology, then, then I'm all messed up and you're all messed up. But, but let me say this. I, I did have someone in our church, um, um, and, and I may have messed this story up, but here's how I remember it, that they came uh, after they had recently come to the church, and they said, does pastor know Spanish? And they're like, no. <laughs> no. And, and they're like, why? No. He's a country boy from Georgia. He doesn't know Spanish. And they're like, are you sure? They're like, yeah. And now the way I remember the story was like I was praying in tongues, and, and, and they had been praying, I guess, in Spanish. And then after that, like I gave, I said something that God was leading me to say, and it was like exactly like what they had been praying, like word for word. Now, I don't know Spanish. So even if I would have heard them, which I wouldn't have, like I don't know Spanish. Unless they were saying uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. Like I, and even then, I, don't, I wouldn't have known. I'd have been guessing. I'd have had no idea. Right? But there are times where it is supernatural. I didn't understand. I wasn't speaking Spanish in my prayer language. But God was able to do something supernatural and miraculous through that. For time's sake, we, we got to, in verse 14, if we keep reading in chapter 2, it says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Um, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. Like, they might have been drunk, but it's too early for them to be drunk. They're all, they're all walking around here acting crazy, Talking crazy. They're not drunk, though. It's too early. They didn't have time to get drunk. 
But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my male servants and female servants in those days will I pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. So here we read in Acts chapter 2, this fulfillment of the Holy Spirit coming in and being in us and upon us. And now we have the Holy Spirit available to us. He's in you if you're a believer, but there is a subsequent um, event that can occur where you ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And he comes upon you and he fills you. And scripturally, the evidence of that is speaking and praying in tongues. Now, that is, not the, that is not the totality of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is so much more than praying in tongues. But that is the evidence and the first examples that we read in Scripture of what happens after you are filled with the Spirit and He comes and sits upon you. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look more at this and what this means and how we do this. Um, today, uh, I'm going to pray in just a moment, and then, and then we're going to close this service, and we're going to have our prayer team on both sides of the sanctuary. If you, if you are like, man, I have just been waiting for this. I'm ready to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to do it right now. Then they're going to be there. They're going to they're take you into a room. They're going to let you leave if you want to leave. But they're going to take you into a room, not to be spooky, not to be weird, but to give you some privacy to give you some privacy, to be able to have a conversation, to be able to pray with you, to be able to lead you in this. And let me, let me just um, throw this out, and we'll, we'll, we'll do this more in the next couple of weeks. Part of what you need to understand in the first time that you pray in other tongues is, number one, it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound foolish. It may not be very long. It may be super short. You may not have any idea, like, whoa, what was that? Okay, you, 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 if you're intellectual, if you're analytical like me, you're going to have to get past your mind and your thinking of, I think I'm just throwing out gibberish. Like this is a disconnect of our mind and a connect of our spirit. And then just like they told me, and I was like, this is super weird. This has never happened to me before. You cannot pray or speak in tongues if you don't open your mouth. If you're like, okay, I believe, I want it, I want to pray in tongues. God is not going to open your mouth and move your tongue for you. God is a gentleman. Everything he does, he invites you into. He's not going to force you into anything. So you have to do your part. You have to open your mouth and allow the Spirit to give you utterance. And it's going to be weird. It is weird at first. It is. It is. There's no way around it. It's weird. It's unusual. It's like, what just happened? But if we were reading, hey, there's going to be this power from heaven that comes and makes all your streets gold and pays all your bills and gets rid of all your debt and gives you every material desire of your heart in this earth. And all you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit to come and open your mouth and pray and let him pray through you. I bet you we'd try that. So we just got to, we got to, we got to judge our heart. We, we got to evaluate our heart. What, what's really, because for me, when I was going through this, what was more important to me than getting filled with the Spirit was how other people saw me. 
me looking foolish. I didn't want to look foolish in front of people. I still really don't. But, I, but, but then I really, really didn't want. So I went years because I'm like, I'm not about to look foolish in front of you. Like, what if I don't get it? What if I open my mouth and nothing happens? Like, what if, what if, what if I do it and y'all are like, that's wrong? I didn't know what was going to happen. That was like a spooky room. Here, here's the truth. If you're ready to receive this after service, our prayer team, they're going to they're help you. They're there to love you. They're there to help you. They're not there to force you to do anything. They're not there to spook you out. They're not going to lock you in a room. But we do want to give you some privacy to be able to work with you and talk with you and, and pray with you. And, and we, man, we believe that the Holy Spirit has already come. So everybody who's a believer, you can leave here with the Holy Spirit being upon you and being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about this more in the next couple weeks. On that third week, like I said, we're going to have a whole session where we do a live panel question and answer. Um, and, and, man, we want to make sure that we answer your questions. We don't want to just preach messages over the next three weeks. We want to make sure that what your questions are, they get answered. And we're going to have ways for you to do that over the next several weeks. We're going to send you more emails over the next three weeks than we've ever sent you before. It's not going to be every day. But we want to give you the material, the revelation, the understanding so that you can have this and understand this if you are not connected with us if you don't get emails from us and you're interested in having articles um, written by our staff and encouragement and notes my notes are not on you version today my notes are going to be emailed out to everybody that's on our list um, to this afternoon we're going to do that in this series where we're emailing you and giving it to you not waiting on you to go get it because we want to make sure everybody is empowered to know who Holy Spirit is to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit sitting and resting upon them. Amen. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.